the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Always right, never left. Good morning. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. It's seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Wednesday, 21st morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Or excuse me, 23rd. I got, I'm off a day or two here. I don't know where I got 21. Uh, but at any rate, thanks so much for being with us. Yesterday's interview with Joe Blystone, wow, uh, caused a lot of ruckus for a lot of people, including his former campaign manager, um, who we identified and talked about uh, the the multitude of claims that she made against him for campaign finance violations before departing that campaign. We're going to talk to her. And then yesterday, also in the Blystone interview, the gubernatorial candidate in the Republican primary, Joe Blystone, uh, made some statements about one of his opponents in that primary, Jim Renacci. Jim Renacci is going to be with us in about a half an hour to respond to that. That'll be coming up at 9.35. We'll give him his say and see where all of that goes. And good news for you, as this is a Wednesday edition, uh, it's called bonus or unexpected Cursenow. Normally you get Cursenow on Tuesdays. Today we'll get the longest-serving member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, Peter Cursenow, for almost a full hour starting at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday for a change. So we're going to talk to Sarah Chambers. We're going to talk to uh, Jim Renacci. We're going to talk to Peter Cursenow coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Now, before we get started with any and all of that, I'm going to ask patriots to rise, as I always do, to start our program. Face a flag if you have one. Put your hand on your heart. And join us for our Pledge of Allegiance. If you are a Biden voter, or if you are someone who supports his invitation to Vladimir Putin to engage in a minor incursion into another country, and we won't do anything about it, leading us to the precipice now of war in Eastern Europe and extraordinary ramifications in energy costs, including your gas pumps here in the United States, if you support that guy, well, go ahead and take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. We know you don't want to say this pledge with us anyway. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America 
and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, nine minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, we normally don't start the show at the top of the hour with a guest, but today we needed to do that because, as I mentioned, we have some very important guests coming up later on. So this is when it made the most sense to fit Sarah Chambers into our broadcast. Sarah Chambers, if you missed yesterday's show, she is a former campaign manager for Joe Blystone in his gubernatorial run. She resigned that post last year. And then on the way out, by the way, made uh, uh, a lot of uh, very, very serious allegations against the Blystone campaign regarding campaign finance laws, uh, suggesting that many, many laws were broken, that uh, campaign donations were not reported, that funds were not necessarily reported. Uh, all in all, uh, some 51 pages worth of allegations were made. Yesterday, I uh, spoke with Joe Blystone about that, and this is what he had to say about um, uh, those allegations. Uh, we've actually filed a, a, a suit against that uh, particular person. Uh, I just want everybody to pay attention who's leading that charge and complaint-wise uh, uh, regarding attorneys. Uh, the attorney that is leading that charge is uh, uh, attorney Scott Poland, who is also the Knox County captain for the Renacy campaign. So, you know, again, uh, we're fighting evilness. These people have lots of money, and they're going to do whatever they can do uh, to smear me out of this campaign, and we're not going to let it happen. All right. So you heard him reference, uh, we filed a lawsuit against that person. That person is Sarah Chambers, who joins us right now on AM 1420, The Answer, to give her side of that story. Sarah, thank you so much for getting up early and talking with us here on AM 1420, The Answer. How are you this morning? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It's, um, you know, it's quite a, quite a lot of stuff here to kind of sift through, um, but it's clear that you left the Blystone campaign um, with some very, very serious problems in your mind about the way things were being run there before we get into the departure and to get into some of the details of that um can you tell me how you came to be a part of the blystone for governor campaign sure early on um i really saw the that our state is in trouble uh and that we as patriots need to rise and make sure that mike dewine does not get Another term, our state has suffered greatly. My own family has suffered greatly from just the, the tyrannical ruling that Mike DeWine has brought to Ohio. I initially um, was looking at any way to support um, removing Mike DeWine. Joe Blystone came onto the scene early, and <clears throat> initially I was uh, excited to be part of a movement that I felt was um, representing people and the feelings and just the frustrations here in Ohio, and I wanted to help. I, w I wanted to um, be a part of that. So I joined the campaign um, in March and a volunteer, and um, as I continued to do more and more for, for the campaign, uh, it was just announced in, a, in an event that um, I was I become campaign co-campaign manager, um, and, and truly, I was just working hard to get Joe's name out um, and about uh, among people, and, and just try to move the 
the goal of, of getting Mike DeWine out of the office. So you served in that position then as co-campaign manager, uh, totally on the campaign around four months, four and a half months. Is that right? Um, yeah, that's pretty close. Okay. Um, what happened? What? 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 St- when did you start to become uncomfortable with what you were seeing in the campaign that ultimately led to you resigning your position with that campaign? <clears throat> well, there were a lot of things that led up to my eventual departure that I observed. Uh, initially, I wanted to just kind of dismiss things as, oh, this is a new campaign. Um, there's, there's a candidate who really doesn't um, know how things work. I don't either. Um, and as concerns and issues were continually brought up um, by myself and many other people, um, things like, hey, you know, it, maybe it's not a good move to have your wife as the treasurer of the campaign. Um, you know, that, that could bring, uh, it doesn't seem discerning to me, that could bring a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to have a CPA, we need to have a lawyer on the campaign to look out for legalities that maybe we don't know about and we don't understand. Um, these, these concerns that were brought forward by myself multiple times and many other people um, were never addressed and kind of just put on the, the back seat as unimportant. Uh, and I knew that I knew that campaign finance was a an important thing to look at, but I didn't know campaign finance. I hadn't worked on a campaign. I made that very clear. I was a volunteer, um, and I, I knew from friends that I had in other um, successful campaigns that were saying to me, hey, they will ding you in campaign finance. You need to be sure that you guys have this down. Um, so you brought, you brought your concerns, some, Sarah, uh, excuse me, you brought your concerns to Joe Blystone and saying, you know, look, I think you need to have somebody else on uh, in the treasurer's role. You need to have a CPA on this thing to make sure all of the laws are being followed here with regard to campaign finance. And how did he respond to that? Um, he said, this is a grassroots campaign. We're not going to hire people. Um, we're not going to have a formal you know, paid campaign um, manager or campaign uh, coordinator. We're we're not going to we're not going to pay these people to do this. We need to take you know our state back, and it's a grassroots campaign, and we're not going to have the money to do that. Uh, is, I that felt is that the point at which you is that the point at which you said, well, this isn't being done necessarily the right way, and I can't be a part of it? Is that is that close to the time when you decided to leave? Um. This was a, these were questions, the campaign finance questions were coming up from, from the beginning. Again, like I said, both from myself and, and multiple other people just trying to understand, you know, what do we need to document? What don't we need to document? We were just told, don't worry about it. Um, at different times, different amounts of document over 100, document over 25. Don't document anything. Um, we can just take cash of any amount. Oh, wait, no, we can't take cash over 100. Um, those were concerns. But really, my my true campaign finance concerns didn't come until that campaign, that first campaign finance report came out in July. And I looked at it, and it confirmed to me when I saw that what I had donated, which was over $13,000, was not there. It wasn't donated. Dave, $500, I believe, was donated. And I began talking to some other people who had also left the campaign and had the same concerns. 
and I realized that, man, something is something isn't right here. Uh, but I left the campaign over really my health was being greatly affected. I have an autoimmune um, issue, and uh, the stress of of being in the campaign was more than what my health really could take. Mm-hmm. And I also felt that there were a lot of character issues um, that I observed, and I just did not want to be aligned with a campaign that I felt like was going the wrong direction. We're talking with Sarah Chambers. She's the former campaign co-manager of the Blystone campaign for governor. She resigned that position last year, about four and a half months after she took that position or came on board as a volunteer. When you say there were character issues that you didn't want to be a part of, was it your feeling that the finance laws were being kind of ignored, don't worry about it, don't worry about it? Was it your sense that that they didn't want anybody to know how much money was coming in? And if not, was there a sense that you had that maybe it was um, for purposes that were not necessarily about winning the campaign? Uh, I didn't. At the time that I was in the campaign, I was working probably 12 hours a day. I I was overwhelmed and swamped just trying to, to do my job. So I don't think I put that particular thought together until after I left this campaign and had time to reflect um, and, and realize that, hey, my donation isn't there. Many other people's donations um, isn't there. We have $88,000 of undocumented donations that are marked as under $25, but I know for where, myself... Where do you think I that money it, went then? Where do you think your donation and the donations of others went that wasn't, uh, that wasn't accounted well, for? I would say that's, that's a big question. Yeah, I would like to know. I was refunded part of that um, right before I left the campaign. I requested to my other co-campaign manager a refund of of part of that money, and I was able to get um, a portion of that money back. But I think that's the question, and that leads to a big election integrity issue if you don't know where the money is going for these campaigns. Sarah, uh, according to what I've read, uh, your 51-page complaint included 30 exhibits or documentations naming uh, Mr. Blystone and his wife, uh, who is the treasurer, and the friends of the Blystone Campaign Committee. Um, All of these people and all of these parts of the campaign were were identified here. Um, I asked him about that yesterday when I interviewed him, talking about Mr. Blystone, and um, this was his characterization. I want to give you a chance to respond to that. You said you filed a lawsuit. Are you saying that your former campaign manager who filed this complaint is lying, Sarah Chambers, that she's lying about uh, all of the things that she uh, presented? Absolutely, and uh, part of that suit, she also sold uh, 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 confidential uh, records regarding campaign finance that was never uh presented to the treasurer so in that response sarah he he said you're lying and that you stole uh things that you were not allowed to to take that were should have been i guess at the end of that he said that were not presented to the campaign treasurer um how do you want to respond to that well i i do not want to um play the same game that Joe is playing here and call him a liar. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I think that's a defamatory remark. 
I would say that I have signed a, an affidavit under the penalty of perjury, and I have told the truth. Joe uh, has yet to come forward and, and be under oath and uh, give his side of things. I don't... Um, the fact that he's calling me a liar, obviously, it's bothersome because I, I brought this case forward and the complaints forward because I do believe that the, the people and the constituents in Ohio deserve to know the truth, and I believe that we do need to hold our candidates to the highest standards as we go forward in this, this race, or we're not going to be able to achieve the changes that we're looking for here in Ohio. And as far as the stolen property... I don't have I don't have any financial records. I never did have any financial records of the campaign. Um, I don't have any of those documents. I did have my own Google docu documents, which are in my personal uh, Google Drive, that were um, things that were for the leaders to keep track of. Um, but they were simply check sheets. They had no financial information on them. And that this stuff will be easily proven in court. We did file the counter uh, counter suit and an answer to the suit that he filed, and it's easily provable uh, that I've spoken to. We are talking with Sarah Chambers. She's the former campaign co-manager of the Blystone for Governor campaign. Sarah, I wish I could talk to you a lot longer about, because there's so much information here that needs to be discussed, but I only have time for two more short ones. One is, can you, can you describe uh, the lawsuit that Mr. Blystone has filed against you and uh, how you are handling that? Sure, yeah. The lawsuit that uh, Joe filed against me is a personal lawsuit claiming defamation uh, breach of contract and um, fair dealing. Um, he it's a frivolous case and has no basis um, in truth. Uh, I do believe it's an attempt to try to silence me, intimidate me, get me to um, be quiet. Um, and I think it's a, I think this kind of tactic is a direct assault on my First Amendment rights. And I do think it's setting a horrible precedent for. Um, candidates and, and whistleblowers going forward uh, to bring forward the truth. If something like this is allowed to, to go forward, it will um, lead to, you know, abusive process. And it will cause whistleblowers to be afraid to come forward with the truth. And, and that's just never, that's never a good thing. And, and I will never support something like that. And I will continue to go forward in truth. And I believe that ultimately um, our system will will show the truth. Uh, Sarah, last one for you then, and I appreciate that response. Um, during my interview with Mr. Blystone yesterday, and I played this clip before you came on or as you came on, um, he accused or he claims that the lawyer who is handling all of these claims against him that you have alleged um, is a Renese campaign um, figure, Scott Pullins. Uh, essentially, it sounded to me like he was trying to say, none of this has any merit. This is the Renese campaign, uh, essentially filing all of these complaints. <laughs> so are you, a, are you a plant with the Renese campaign that is trying to bring down uh, Joe Blystone for, for, uh, for uh, Mr. Renese? I'm really glad you asked that question. I've answered this question several times on social media to different people. I am not 
on the Renacy campaign. I've never met Renacy uh, in person. I uh, chose uh, Scott Pullen to represent me because he has had a lot of dealings in, in election integrity. He knows the system well. He's the very attorney bringing the suit forward, uh, representing the suit forward against the ORP. Um, I believe Scott is a solid um, attorney, and he is no longer even a volunteer with the Renacy campaign. He's got a lot going on, and he is, is fighting corruption at the highest. And I, I just want to say I really appreciate Scott, and it's, it's unfortunate the way the Blystone campaign has misrepresented who Scott is. Yeah, it's, it's wrong, and Scott is a very solid person, and I, I'm very blessed to know and have gotten to know Scott. Sarah Chambers, former uh, campaign co-chair for the Blystone for Governor campaign, uh, in the middle of some legal issues here. She has made a lot of claims against Renee, or excuse me, against uh, Mr. Blystone for campaign viol- uh, finance violations. He has filed a personal lawsuit against her. She said essentially to silence and intimidate her. And obviously, this is not over by a long shot. I really appreciate you coming on. Not a lot of people have the guts to do that, particularly you know, standing up to a public figure who has made some allegations against them, the way that you have. So I really appreciate you coming on and as your case uh, works its way through the system i would certainly hope we can keep in touch absolutely i appreciate you bringing the truth forward thank you very much sarah sarah chambers uh joining us on am 1420 the answer i told you the blystone interview yesterday um made a lot of noise and um some of that noise was aimed at Jim Renacy, the other uh prominent candidate for in this uh, gop governor primary Jim Renacy was accused by Joe Blystone of a couple of things yesterday. We're going to bring him on after the news to answer and respond to that. So Renacy next, AM 1420, The Answer. Dream always right with Bob France on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, yes, indeed. Never left nine thirty five AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thanks again to Sarah Chambers, the former co-chair of the Blystone campaign. I want to hit one thing before I bring in Jim Renacy. Also, uh, in addition to the campaign finance allegations made by um, Sarah Chambers in her filing, fifty one page filing. Uh, there was also a report, and I asked uh, Joe Blystone about this yesterday. Uh, my question was, is can you use campaign funds for filing a personal lawsuit against somebody like Sarah Chambers? Because I have been told by a reporter that it was likely illegal. This was how that went down. Real quick on the lawsuit that you said you filed against that individual uh, for for this complaint. Um, one report says that you used around $6,000 of the campaign funds to file that lawsuit to pay for your legal representation, which would not be in keeping with campaign finance law. Is that accurate? Uh, that was the question I asked him, and uh, the Blystone campaign took umbrage with the phrasing of that question because it indicated or implied that it was illegal. As I said very clearly, there one report, and this was something that was reported to me by a fellow journalist, that this money was very likely illegal to be spent that way. So they sent, uh, they sent information about the state versus Ferguson, which declared um, 
that a person or that campaign funds can be used in personal lawsuits if they are related to the election or the campaign, and if the candidate does not personally benefit from said lawsuit. Uh, and they did include the case law, uh, State versus Ferguson, uh, and also the Ohio Elections Commission, uh, saying that you can use funds from another campaign with the same candidate in a civil complaint. So it would appear that it is not, as I was uh, told, uh, that it may be illegal. It appears that it would be legal to use his campaign funds to file that lawsuit against Sarah Chambers. So if that is indeed the case, then for that, I apologize. Certainly, I didn't make a claim. It certainly was not malicious, but I did ask the question based upon something that I was told. So if State versus Ferguson is indeed the precedent here, then clearly those funds can be used that way. And again, uh, for that, I apologize. Having said all of that, let's hear what uh, Mr. Blystone said yesterday about Jim Renacci. What is your opinion of the other uh, challenger in this race, in this uh, Republican primary, Jim Renacci? Well, I think uh, he's more of DeWine 2.0. Uh, if, you want, if you want more of that kind of leftist ideology, he's your man. If you want a politician, he's your man. He doesn't have a, uh, a, 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 a conservative voting record. Uh, he voted for transgender rights under the under the Obama uh, era. He voted for the Maloney Amendment. He voted for stricter background checks. I mean, he's a DeWine. He's a DeWine 2.0, said Joe Blystone of his uh, opponent in this GOP gu- gubernatorial primary, Jim Renacci. Now it's time for Jim Renacci to respond. Good morning, sir. How are you? All right, do we have Mr. Renacci up? I can't hear him if we do. There you go. Can you hear me now, Bob? Now, yes, I can. Thanks very much. Sorry about that. Whatever it was. Okay, so um, obviously, you know, we've had you on before talking about your campaign. Uh, I've asked you in the past about Joe Blystone. Yesterday, I re, uh, uh, re, you know returned that and asked Mr. Blystone about you. You heard his response. Um, I'm going to ask you about a couple of specific things in a moment, including that Maloney Amendment. But in a general sense, DeWine 2.0 and leftist ideology were the things that jumped out at me. How do you respond to that? Well, Bob, look, I jumped in this race because it's important that we remove Mike DeWine. When I realized that Blystone was the only person running against him, I realized that he could not defeat Mike DeWine. And it's one of the reasons why I jumped in. I don't know the man, um, don't really care to know the man. Um, I know a little bit about his personal history that would keep me from ever voting for him. But in the end, you know, it's amazing. When I jumped in the race, he starts attacking me. So it's it's all about campaigns, and my goal will continue to be to defeat DeWine, to convince uh, the voters of Ohio that I am the best candidate. I have the background, the experience. Uh, I have the conservative record. I have the, the voting record that shows I'm pro-life and pro-gun, and all those things that really make you conservative. Uh, this candidate just has a lot of talk. Uh, he has no background. He has no experience. He has no voting record. And I'm willing to uh, discuss my voting record 100%. The problem with guys like this is they say things with no background or experience or no, nothing to back it up. And I'm going to give you an example. You know, uh, this candidate, Blystone, came out, and it's a, it's a video where he said, Child Protective Services is involved in child trafficking. He said, did you know that Muslims adopt children take them out of the country and sell them, and everyone is involved. That's on the Internet. This is a quote. This is Joe Blystone saying this. 
There's no facts behind that. There's no specifics behind that. It's just talk. He also made the comment, and I heard him say, that Renese voted for stricter gun laws. He has, he has said multiple times that Jim Renese uh, Pat voted for the Fix Nix bill. That's an absolute lie. I voted against the Fix Nix bill that was added to a spending bill, and I voted no. I've been able to show those things, but again, my campaign is about removing Mike DeWine. Oh, one other thing. He talked about Christy Nome. I, I listened to it, and yet I have a more conservative record than Christy Nome. He said, we need to have people like Christy Nome as governor. Well, I would like to thank him because my record actually conservative is a more conservative record than Christy Nome, and I like Christy. So uh, in the end, this is about defeating DeWine. Um, uh, otherwise, you know, we have, we have this character who just continues to talk without any background or specifics behind it. He just talks. You know, I, I also heard in your interview he called me a multimillionaire. I think he needs to really look at the value of his farm. <laughs> I mean, uh, Bob, he's a multimillionaire, uh, has a multimillionaire farm, but he talks about being a farmer, a simple guy. Um, in the end, um, I jumped in this race not because of him. I jumped in this race because of Mike DeWine and finding someone who could defeat Mike DeWine. I am um, the only candidate. Uh, I, I heard you in your interview. I mean, we have poll after poll after poll that shows that Jim Renacy defeats Mike DeWine. And the only thing stopping me from defeating um, Mike DeWine will be some votes taken from other candidates that could, you know, technically take votes away from me. Um, well, one other thing he said yesterday was kind of interesting, uh, and, it, and, it, and it relates to a couple things that you guys talked about. Um, he does have a donor, Marty Safko, who donated four or $5,000 to him, but also maxed out to Mike DeWine. I actually, it was interesting. I actually talked to Marty Safko and ask him why he donated to Blystone and maxed out the max, uh, Mike DeWine. And at that, in that conversation, he goes, well, Joe, Joe can't win. And he goes, he's a friend. He goes, and by the way, we're, pay, we're doing a poll for him. We're, we're, we're funding a poll for him. It's a Trafonga, Trafonga poll. I said, oh, so, so the Blystone camp is doing a poll. He says, yeah. He said, and I'm going to have the results next week. And that was on a Thursday. And actually, the following Monday, that poll came out. So that actually was not an independent poll. It was a poll done by donors for Blystone to try and show him where he is at. But none of the details were ever put out on that poll. Yet, there are probably seven other polls with multiple details out there that show that Jim Renese and Mike DeWine are really the only two candidates in this race and that Joe Blystone will peel off anywhere from 7 to 14% of the vote. Um, of those seven other polls you're talking about, how many of those are independent polls as opposed to being paid for by a campaign, yours or anyone else's? Uh, two of them are mine, and four or five that I've seen are others. I mean, Committee for a Better Ohio has done multiple campaigns that show that, I mean, the last one Committee for a Better Ohio did had 42 Renacy, 41 DeWine, and 12 Blystone, I think, something like that. I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't I've, have I've seen from. a handful of them. I described that to Mr. Blystone yesterday, that I've seen a handful of polls that I know were not paid for. I didn't have a number, though. Uh, that's the reason I wanted to ask you of those seven. So you're saying four or five of them are independent polls. So that's that's good to know, and people can look those up for themselves. Um, 
I want to get more specific now because I talked in some depth with him uh, toward the end of my interview yesterday about this Maloney Amendment. Uh, and I talked to you about this last time I interviewed you was the allegation that you sp- supported and voted for a bill, an amendment to a bill, uh, that would require uh, states to allow same-sex access, or rather, uh, trans access, uh, males and females and females and male restrooms as a part of an equal rights uh, push or amendment called the Maloney Amendment. Um, you denied that, said you did not vote for any such thing, but you did vote for the quote-unquote Maloney Amendment, particularly as it pertained to uh, a North, the uh, North Carolina bathroom bill. So I asked uh, Mr. Blystone yesterday, what proof do you have in the congressional record that you voted to support same-sex bathrooms? Uh, bathrooms? He sent me, or his team sent me, a three-page explanation of the Maloney bill in their view, uh, and uh, and what your vote actually represented. I don't know that, I mean, there is a voice vote that is on the record that says you voted for this, so that is indeed a record. Beyond that, it's a description or their take on what that bathroom, uh, or excuse me, on what that amendment really, really said and did. So I want to give you a chance to give your description of what that vote was all about. Well, sure, Bob, and I appreciate you, you uh, sent my team his statement, and that's what it is. It's his statement. There's no details. There's no specifics behind it. But I'm going to actually use his statement to, to actually disprove this, which is kind of comical. In, uh, in, in this first paragraph of his statement, he talks about history. And he says, the outlaw of discrimination began in 1941 with President Roosevelt signing. It's an executive order. Um, and I'm just in, in the second sentence says, these groups were protected from discrimination when seeking employment. This is right out of his uh, out of his statement. While seeking employment with federal government on defense industries, uh, uh, he says President Obama amended that for sexual preference and general idea. That's a true statement. Um, there has been an executive order all the way back to 1941 protecting um, protecting protected classes, race, color creed, um, a whole bunch of protect women. Uh, this goes all the way back. And President Obama did add uh, transgenders uh, to that. But that was, that was in the context of discrimination when seeking employment. In fact, Executive Order 13672, signed by U.S. President Obama on July 24, 2014, amended two earlier executive orders to extend protection against discrimination in hiring and employment. So, that's the starting point. There is an executive order. And by the way, Bob, that executive order never has been pulled down. It was, uh, it was an executive order that w- he carried through the Obama administration, carried through the Trump administration, and is currently still on the books. Where you cannot hire, you can't make a decision for hiring and firing anyone based on their race, color, creed. Or, um, or as, and where Obama added sexual ide- general identity. Okay, so very simple. Nothing to do with bathrooms. Nothing to do with um, men and women's bathrooms. Nothing at all. All right, and and Maloney actually tried well, before, to before, codify. Be, before you go on to that, uh, I, I just. I want to hit this part of it. I'm looking again at the statement that I asked you to respond to, which of course is why I sent it to your staff. Um, they're specifically mentioning the North Carolina bathroom bill. 
uh, that they okay, passed we're, we're the bill. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Okay, you're going to get to that? Yeah, because yeah. I want yeah, to get to that. That's, that. That's, that's the one point that they're saying, hey, they're, they're the ones who were denied federal funds for, for uh, uh, energy and water because of their trans bathroom bill, and that that's what you voted for. So please continue. Well, that, and, and that's absolutely a false statement. Okay, so their second paragraph, there was. In February 2016, that's a true statement in the sense that North Carolina passed an ordinance allowing transgender men to use bathroom restroom, vice versa. That is true. Okay. But what they failed to do, so, so now I want to go to the amendments because that's what's important. All right. Those are two things in his statement. Now I'm going to use his statement, his specifics. So first off, the Maloney Amendment was first brought to the Defense Authorization Bill on May 19, 2016. Maloney added, remember, let's not confuse this. The amendment is about hiring and firing and employment of, of protected classes, uh, being race, color, creed, and as I said, Obama added sexual preference. It, it failed, and I voted against it. It's 100% failed, and I voted against it in the Defense Authorization Bill on May 19, 2016. One week later, one week later, um, Maloney, who was adamant about putting this amendment, um, codifying it, that's all he was really trying to do. Remember, it's a law right now, but it's a, um, today it's not a codified law. That's the question. It's an executive order. So Maloney brought it back again one week later in the Energy and Water Bill, H.R. 5055. But here's what we did. We amended it with two different amendments. See, he keeps in his statement, he says, well, Renee, will talk about the Pitts Amendment. No, there was two amendments. There was actually three amendments in that bill. I want to talk about all three. The first amendment was the Byrne Amendment, which exempted religious groups from that directive. I voted for that. All right. Which was uh, which that directive being the Maloney Amendment. Mm-hmm. So we so um, that was to make sure that religious freedoms were protected. There was also another amendment, the Pitts Amendment, which said cannot run afoul of the First Amendment, the 14th Amendment, and Article One of the Constitution in its anti-discrimination efforts. So the Republicans voted to attach amendments to take the Maloney Amendment and say, you know what, we don't care about hiring and firing as long as uh, religious freedoms are protected, and as long as the First Amendment, the 14th Amendment, and Article One of the Constitution and its anti-discrimination efforts. So we added, we added those things to it. And, and then 45 Republicans voted for it, and I was one of them. And I voted for it because I 100% agree that we have to make sure that religious freedoms are protected, which they're not protected now, Bob. That's one of the problems. They are not protected now. And they would have been if we would have been able to get this passed. And the Pitts Amendment um, also gave protections. But there was also another amendment that Mr. Blystone seems to have forgotten about that was also in this bill. And it was the Pittinger Amendment, which actually prohibited the use of funds awarded to or within the state of North Carolina for, for transgender bathrooms. And I voted for that, too. So what's interesting is... 
Hold on, I want to make sure I heard that correctly. I want to make sure I heard that correctly. The Third Amendment, the Pittenger Amendment, um, uh, made it uh, uh, denied funds to North Carolina specifically because they had passed their own trans bathroom bill, and you voted for that bill, which which denied those funds to North Carolina. Right. So those were the three amendments that he seems to have forgotten about that were in here. But by the way... He wants to say that the Maloney Amendment supported transgender bathrooms. It had nothing to do with transgender bathrooms, zero. But in this same bill, there are three amendments that actually do have to do with transgender bathrooms, um, especially the Pittenger Amendment, which I voted for, that stopped these funds from being used. But I also did one more thing back then in 2015, Bob. I also signed the mandamus, a mandamus action, which... Um, uh, a member of Congress, a very strong supporter of, of making sure that transgender bathrooms were never allowed, um, uh, asked me and many others to sign on to. And I was one of the few Ohio Republicans that did sign on to that, which supported that transgender bathrooms could not be made available um, in, in, a, in the state as well. And uh, I was one of the members of Congress that signed on to that. So if you look at my history, um, and, and that's why I have to laugh, we have a candidate that seems to be dead set on attacking Jim Renacci with false statements. And by the way, I think if what, what I've learned about this candidate is if you oppose him, he attacks you with false statements. These are false statements. By the way, these are libel statements as well. And I'm continuing to listen to him as he continues to go down this path. Um, and we'll see where we go with this. But, you know, you can't libel even a political figure. And I hope he's listening to this interview. You cannot libel even a political figure. So I hope he continues down this path. But in the end, my only goal today was to respond to your request. To, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and by the way, I will also tell you, it's kind of interesting. You can go back and your listeners can go back. Uh, there's an article by Mitchell Fitzpatrick on May 26, 2016. It's uh, furious. Uh, Pelosi slams Burns Religious Liberty Amendment as vile, bigoted, and disgraceful. Um, you can go back and see that Pelosi was ripping uh, us for adding these amendments, uh, saying that they were anti Uh, allowing of transgender bathrooms. There are so many articles on this where she just ripped us for doing this. Um, Here's a statement from her. Republicans overwhelmingly voted to uh, support HB2, the hateful and discriminatory state law in North Carolina, to enable anti-LGBT bigotry across our country, Pelosi said. So... All you have to do is go back and do a little research, which I'm, I'm appreciative that many conservatives throughout the state of Ohio did their research and signed on to letters in support of me that say that this is just an absolute lie. But this candidate appears to want to continue to use a false statement because that's all he has. He doesn't have, well, uh, you know, if you listen to him, he, do- he doesn't have anything that promotes what he wants to do. He just wants to attack, whether it's Sarah Chambers, the person you had on before, me, everybody else. It's always about attacking. Firstly, let's let's remove Mike DeWine. That should be the goal. Let's 
run campaigns to well, remove those, my those are Those are two things, and I said the same thing to Mr. Blystone yesterday, that he and I and you all agree on is that Mike DeWine has got to go. And it sounds like I said this to him as we wrapped up yesterday's interview. We also all agree on uh, on uh, uh, same-sex, or excuse me, trans uh, bathroom laws uh, that uh, men and boys should not be competing with or uh, in the same private spaces as women, no matter what they call themselves or no matter what uh, psychological di- di- uh, disabilities they may have. Uh, so we're all on the same page here. It's uh, unfortunate that there seems to be such uh, an effort here, I guess, to say that we're not on the same page and that you're on a side that uh, that you've described yourself not to be. And I find that very unfortunate. Well, um, that, well and, and again, in summarizing his statement, $37 billion of federal funds were available for water and energy projects in 2017. Um, Senator uh, Representative Maloney moved to make none of those funds available to any state that did not buy by Obama's EO adding sexual preference. That is an absolute false statement. I mean, he puts false statements in writing, but it doesn't surprise me. He puts false statements in writing about me passing a fixed NICS bill, which I never did. He puts right. false statements in writing about child protective services, adopting children, taking them out of the country and selling them. Bob, think about that statement. There's we'll, no we'll, evidence we'll have or to, proof on it. Yeah, well, and we'll have to let this uh, sit there for now. Obviously, there's still a lot of time between now. Not a lot of time, actually. About 11 weeks between now and the primary vote in May. So uh, there's still time, though. And uh, we will uh, certainly be able to reach out to you and to Mr. Blystone again to try to get some uh, some answers here. But I appreciate you coming on today to respond to what you heard yesterday and what was given to me. Uh, and uh, we'll talk again. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. All right, 9.58 now. Obviously, we have just completely ignored commercial breaks this hour of the program. Uh, So we're going to take it to the news. Uh, We'll have a longer news break, but stick around during it because you're going to want to be here when Kersenow joins us after that on AM 1420, The Answer. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.